welcome to the Conscious Coaches on the Mission, the podcast where we take super inspiring and profitable mindset, energetics, and online business strategy and get it into the hands of the most heart-centered people like you, creating mission-driven, soul-aligned businesses. I'm your host, Eugenia Oganova. I am a Clairvoyant seven-figure business strategist, personal transformation expert, and a messaging energetics coach with over 20 years of experience. I'm the owner and CEO of TranscensionGate.com and the creator of the Conscious Future Method. I'm also a best-selling author of three books, and I've been featured in over 100 publications, specializing in helping spiritual coaches and healers sustainably scale into multiple six and seven figures without forcing themselves to work harder by weaving masculine business strategy to feminine quantum energetics and customizing with their unique soul design and mission. Twice per week, in my 20-minute conversations, I'll be celebrating one lucky conscious entrepreneur on a unique mission, their expertise, business growth, leadership, and contribution to human awakening. Stick around to the end of the show. In 20 minutes, I'll reveal how you can be my next guest. Let's do it. Our today's guest is Monique Allen. She is a yoga practitioner, a lifelong gardener. She's an author. She's a CEO of Garden Continuum. She gardens people. (laughs) She helps people become better humans and create better teams, better businesses that are more harmonious with who they are. So welcome, Monique. Oh, thank you so much, Eugenia. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, This is going to be an exciting conversation because this is such a cool um, psychological, conceptual sort of way of looking at things that when you grow your business, it's like growing a garden. And I'm so interested to hear how you (laughs) combine the two because you've been in business for what, 40 years or something? I mean, you've had so many different businesses, right? So how did gardening become more of uh, gardening from the land to gardening people. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a, it's a really interesting organic process. So thank you so much for having me on. Um, I started young, so I started. I was entrepreneurial at a at a young age because my dad was an immigrant and started a company here, and so I grew up in that whole entrepreneurial space. And, um, but, you know, my dad was a mechanical engineer, refrigeration and air conditioning. I hung out in that space a little bit, but it's definitely not for me. And I stumbled into gardening. I just stumbled into it late in my teenage years and really fell in love with it and just kind of started to follow that thread. And what was happening is that the entrepreneurial spirit just started to, to mash up with the two. And so I was ambitious, a little audacious, and kept working and pushing forward and growing that business so much so that I went to school and got a degree in entrepreneurship and never thought that I would teach anyone about how to build a business. But as time began to unfold and my business got bigger, I realized I continue. It wasn't enough just to have a school degree. It wasn't enough just to have a design degree. I actually needed to learn how to iterate. I needed to learn how to ideate. I needed to learn how to work versioning and updating into my business all the time. And you know how much humans like change, right? 
<laughs> so I had to learn how to deal with my own discomfort and my my shadows and you know my be- beliefs and my blocks and all of that so that I could grow my business. And as I was starting to learn myself, I realized that these tools were actually things that literally helped people become better humans. And the minute we start to become a better human and we're happier with how we're feeling and navigating the world, it became easier to own a business. And so the two mashed up. The real culmination of the two was I wrote a book called Stop Landscaping, Start Lifescaping to help people think in a more holistic way about how to develop land so that we could kind of break the the paradigm that was hurting the land. And as I, once I finished that book, I realized that I had all, I had written a book that was a metaphor for how to develop a business or to how how to develop develop a lifestyle. And so that's where the lifescape method was born. Yeah, and this is such a great play on words too because when we tend to the garden and let's say something is not quite happening the way we want to, you wouldn't just get mad at nature and say, well, hell, I did all the right things. Like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you like giving me the stuff that I planted, right? We have to kind of approach it from a very different perspective with a lot of patience and kindness and (laughs) self-acceptance. So lifescaping, that is such an interesting approach. So can you speak a little more on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, with any method, as you know, you have to you have to kind of build a container around it so that you can you can understand it. So what I did when I was trying to write this book is I had to go backwards to figure out like what was I doing and why was I doing it that way and was were there any things that were being continuously repeated? And what I came to was was three specific things that a lifescape is organized it's healthy and it has wow factor right it has this vitality this glow you know we love pretty we love pretty flowers we love pretty jewelry we like we like pretty we just like pretty it's it's embedded in our brains the problem is that media and uh anything anything in the business world that's trying to get you to do something is always going to dangle the flashy shiny pretty thing and say, if you do this, you can get that. Um, so if we think about just our our health, um, if we want our skin to look good, we can buy makeup to cover our skin, or we can work hydration and nutrition and diet and sleep and all of that and actually have better skin and need less makeup. So this idea of organization is that the human brain actually wants a certain kind of order And of course, that's on a continuum. That's why it's called the garden continuum, right? So some people like high order. Some people are okay with a little chaos. So we need to think about order. And then we need to think about health and that wellness. And for human beings, you know, we have to get all the way into the gut to be healthy. For um, the garden, we have to get all the way into the soil to be healthy. For a business, you have to get into the human construct, the culture, to get healthy, which is like the soil. And so that was the second tenant. And then ultimately what we're trying to get to is that vital, fun, beautiful, pretty wow wow. that makes your brand exciting, that makes your brand something that somebody wants. And I think in every single industry, 
that is something that is the special sauce that comes from that founder. You know, what's the thing that is lighting that founder up so that um, they they can do the work when it's hard, right? They they believe in it so much, their passion, and that comes through as the wow factor. That's what then magnetizes your perfect client to you. So that's basically it. Organization, health, and wow factor, that's the basically the construct for lifescaping, no matter where you're applying it. That is really cool. And I really like the concept of kind of like gardening your life, gardening your business with Mm -hmm. the components that apply to natural rules, right? Like nature being in nature, natural rules. So um, would you say that this helps them navigate their inner environment so that um, they are able to kind of elevate who they are in a sense just like in the garden if we improve like the things you said from you know in a material sense would be soil and your techniques and whatever it doesn't just like grow more it grows better different more mm, abundant and beautiful you got it a hundred percent so so what we're thinking about is words like tending cultivating navigating and all of those require, um, you know, uh, uh, constant touches, right? Um, there's a, a wonderful yogi that I follow, Sadhguru, who does a really cool uh, Save the Soil program, uh, which was how I found him. And he has this great thing where he says, we don't raise children. You raise cattle. You don't raise children. You cultivate children. Right. You 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 are trying to help them to develop that inner strength, that inner core, that inner um, guidance or compass so that they can navigate the difficulties of life. And as business owners, we are always going to be navigating no matter what your business is. And most particularly for the heart centered where we want to do good. Like it's so important to do. Sure, we want to make money. We have to pay our rent, but we really want to do good. We want to see that the person in front of us is calmer, is feeling more satisfied or more healthy. And the only way that we can do that is to be able to self-navigate. So the yoga for me has been enormously helpful. The teachings of um, Patanjali and the eight limb process because it really helps us to figure out how to conduct ourselves in the world. And when it's difficult, how do we remove ourselves and sit in stillness so that we can ground? And this is for me, what I love so much about what I do, because I am an earth person. I remember one of your um, podcasts that I listened to, you and your guests were talking about how sometimes it can be really difficult for beautifully heart-centered people to deal with this earth. And I am somebody who is so grounded in this earth. I'm like the Sherpa to help guide you through the earth. And we do it looking at nature because nature is stunning. She's stunning and she's powerful and can rock our boats, literally. Mm -hmm. So if we're good at tending and cultivating, we become better navigators. So we tend and cultivate on the inside. And we navigate better on the outside. And we notice where we have to tend and cultivate on the outside to create the environment that's going to allow us to really spiral up to our best selves. 
Yeah, and I really like what you just said, the spiral up. I think a lot of times people think it's sort of like, you know, you have to climb up and it's a direct line. And in my experience of years and years, decades of doing this, I haven't seen that. Uh, usually it's some sort of a, either a quantum leap when you found a door you did not know existed, or you kind of spiral in when you go back into and something and then forward and back and then, oops, there it is. Wow. <laughs> That's great. So yeah. totally agree with that. And it's interesting what you're saying in application with growing the business from this cultivating standpoint, um, it's, you can't do it alone. And I think a lot of times people try to scale their business alone and run into a wall and burnout <laughs> that lives there. Uh, because it's one thing to grow your business to, let's say, six figures, and it's a whole other thing to what happens afterwards. It's a very different strategy. And I know for a lot of people in my audience who are not that great with the earth element like you are, <laughs> who might find it very hard to manage a team, manage other people, because it just, there's so many things that come into play, as I'm sure you know. So I know that what you do helps your clients avoid burnout because they are able to cultivate this internal something that then is expressed externally onto their business and their team. So can you kind of connect the dots for us here? Yeah, I definitely can. So so my genius point, the piece for me that that makes me uniquely qualified to do this is that I have an ability to see divine order and chaos. <laughs> and uh, I, I think spherically, I don't think linearly. So what, by thinking spherically, I often jump into the quantum realm in order to think like, it's just how I think. And so the cool thing about that is nature lives there too. And, and nature is constantly in a state of, um, both chaos and, and order, right? It's, it's happening. It's happening simultaneously. So we have succession where M mother nature is working in a line, right? She wants to go from a field to a forest. That's a line, but then we have weather events and weather events break the line, knock it back down. That's the chaos, right? So we have events that create chaos, but then she just, without any anxiety or stress or anything, she just picks up where she left off and keeps going. So the the idea is to begin to separate ourselves from the shoulds of the thoughts of how it should be. Like, this is how it should be. This is how business should be. And one of the biggest problems I see in business coaching is templates, blueprints, uh, follow this map, follow this order because you and I are different people. And while we both want to, let's say, achieve a certain milestone, the way you work, and I love this with your with your soul design, is that you know your work and my work are very different, but we want to get to the same place. But then you as a person and me as a person, we're different. So we have to figure out how do we navigate to get to that place. And when I'm helping people to build business, I'm really thinking about this idea that we have to get to a place where we reclaim our power, like our, our sovereignty, especially with women, because I think there's a lot of that gets shut down. And we have to 
look at where's the wound, where's the trauma, where's the fear, where are the blocks so that we can regenerate. So when we have damaged soil, we work in regenerative practices. When we have somebody who has a money block, what we're trying to do is find the wound and then do regenerative practices so that we can move past it. So we stop thinking of money as paper or dirty or anything. And and I know you've talked about this, but thinking about it as energy, as a transfer. So one of the things I see oftentimes with owners is they don't want to do sales and they don't want to do marketing because they see that they think that's 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 being cheesy. But in truth, what you're doing is you're building visibility, just like you want the sun to shine on a garden so that it grows. You need visibility and that visibility is going to help people see you who need you. And so I'm constantly trying to connect those dots between that inner mission that somebody wants to achieve in their business and then how they and their skill set will help them to get there and what are the skill sets that they need to bring in. And oftentimes, in my experience, oftentimes it's it's breaking through that block of thinking you have to do it all yourself like you said and instead figuring out how do i build my team i i am all about teams i am so happy when i have a team and when i find somebody that i feel is in alignment then i hand it to them and i walk away I'm like you got this you got this and i've watched so many of my clients be able to to just catapult, like you said, that quantum jump, you don't even know the door is there because they take the leap to a team member, whether it's a subcontracted team person or someone that they bring in, but they ask the universe for help. They get clear about the help they need. The help shows up and then they allow, they're generous. They allow the help to actually help them. And that's where the leap happens. Oh, absolutely. And this this thing you said about sovereignty too is I agree. It's so hard for women sometimes to be sovereign because they translate that as becoming masculine. And that's kind of not the point here. And you and I both about customizing everything to the uniqueness of the client. And from my perspective, soul design, there's so many different variations of how we meant to work with people. So this piece about mm, not just figuring out what you want, asking for it, but then also trusting to receive <laughs> because there's so many times that people hire somebody and then micromanage it and then feel like unsupported. But then we find out that they actually did not let that person do their genius at all. Right. Right. And I love what you just said about the masculine and feminine, because I think that's also a really important piece. So if you think about the world that I grew up in, I, my father was from the Middle East and I was the firstborn. I was very lucky that he paid attention to me, but he, you know, mostly they want boys. And, um, but I was treated from day one as a capable human being, like I was a boy. And so everything I went for, I mean, I drive trucks, I drive equipment, like I can do lots of boy things. I ride a motorcycle. Like I, I can do lots of boy things, boy things. Right. Mm -hmm. But what, and so for a while, I sort of thought that I had to embody the masculine. But what was happening to me was that I was literally shutting down a part of me. And so I I wanted to move toward the feminine. And it felt really good. But what I started to realize is I really needed them both. Like I needed to integrate them both. I needed the sun and the moon, the left and the right. I needed all of the polarity so that I could get the third thing. Right. So I needed that 
that really beautiful pull of of organization and health so I could get the wow. And for me, that was when things really shifted was that I started to realize that, yes, there are some things that we could categorize as masculine in business. We could we could say that the, the budgeting and money and all of that, we could categorize that as masculine, but we don't want to cut it out. We need it. We just don't want to lead with it as our mission. If we have a mission that is more feminine in nature, softer, more cultivating, more nurturing, we want to embrace that fully and then allow the things that we might categorize as more masculine to also be there. And that might be something you field out to somebody else. Um, so it's, for me, it's the yes and. It's allowing it all sort of yin-yang to to, be, to belong in the place at once. Nobody belongs more than anyone else. Energetic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that combination of the masculine and feminine is very much essential in any business, especially if the woman is the owner and the founder of the business from the way that I teach is that the strategy is the masculine part and that quantum piece is the feminine part. And ah, have, right? I like it. I like <laughs> In order it. to do anything. So, yeah. And how would you, um, I wonder what your view on this is that a lot of times when people bring in the team, it's, I mean, obviously we have to know that we're not doing it out of scarcity and terror of doing and learning something, but because we actually need it and it's appropriate. But then What's your view on bringing in an expert, somebody who you pretty much can give this task to and they know what to do, probably better than you, versus somebody who you train to do it the way you would want to? Like, what's your view on that balance? Because I think a lot of times people kind of look at it like, well, we all would like to hire experts, but then we think we like it and it doesn't necessarily always does for us what we want but the other side obviously comes with its own time to train and all that so what's your yeah. view on that from the lifescaping view point? yeah that is that is that's actually a that's a really really good question so i um i've been an employer for over 30 years and right now i have um 25 or 26 employees um, and I have um, a management team, so a management team that direct accesses me. Um, my business is multi seven figures, so but I work about three days a week in the business, and then my management team runs runs the business throughout, so that I can do the other businesses on the tail end on the Mondays and Fridays and teach yoga and all of that. Um, so I have a lot. I definitely have a lot to say about building teams, and I will say that I have made so many mistakes, so many mistakes, like. I'm definitely not perfect at all. Where I made my biggest mistakes was when I tried to find someone to rescue me. Mm -hmm. uh, and I wanted to give it away because I didn't want it. I didn't want to do it. And I and I, I, I often got into trouble because it might have worked for a while, but then I would become kind of black box to that area and I wasn't really seeing what was going on. And then I would need to like go see what was going on and be like, wait. So one of the first things that I would tell anyone to do is to get very, very clear about what lights you up and what you want to do. What is the work that you want to do most? Uh, for me, I remember when I first did this, which was probably about 20 years ago, maybe not even that long, maybe 15 years ago, 
I said I wanted the title creative director. I didn't want to just be a CEO and I didn't want to be a designer anymore, but I wanted to be a creative director. And what I imagined for myself was that I wanted to see the big picture. I wanted to be visioning, dreaming, and working within kind of a more amorphous space. And then I wanted to hand the vision to somebody who could make it concrete. And that was literally business shape-shifting for me because I was then able to start to manifest a team that love the nitty gritty of designing. <laughs> so I think that the the first step is to be very clear about what you want to do. And I love, um, is it Gay Hendricks? He, um, Gay Hendricks, I think, The Big Leap is the book. And he does that thing where it's like incompetence, competence, excellence, and genius. And I did a lot of work to try to identify my genius and where I wanted to be, and then understand that, like, if I was working in my excellence, I was okay, but it would, it would, it would limit me from my hitting my genius. The problem is I was working in my competency all the time and I wasn't even getting to my excellence. So I think when we want to answer the question about whether we're hiring an expert or somebody we're going to train, we have to ask ourselves, like, if I'm training a designer and I'm a creative director, the connection works really, really well. But if I want to be a creative director and I'm hiring, let's say, a crew leader, I'm going to have to pull myself out of the realm of what I want to do. And I have to know that I'm going to carve out that time. And then I have to create a timeline to build it. Mm -hmm. So I think the answer is we do both things. We hire experts and we hire people we're going to train. We just have to make sure we where we sit in that and that we're doing the work that really lights us up at least I would say like 30% of the time so that we can keep coming back to this and feel good about the hard work. Yeah. And this piece about the feeling good about the hard work, that is so often that I see that people do what they know they can do, what they like capable of doing mm -hmm. and wish that they could do more of what they're really good at. And when I work with them, and I'm sure you do the same thing, is I kind of pull out from that what they wish they could do that's really great that they know they're good at, even more like, what are you brilliant at? Like, what is your superpower? Something that's like beyond, beyond. And that's where you need to park yourself at least 30% of the time, which is interesting. You kind of said the uh, 30 something percent in there, like one third of the time. That is uh, a better way of managing the team because then you're not really managing, you're more like leading. Would you agree? Yeah, I would I would totally agree. And and when we're teaching um, our crew leaders, we talk about leading, managing, and bossing. Mm -hmm. You know, that there that there are these three and and it's a tri it's a triad, you know, and your leading is up here and and you're managing and you're bossing, but you're never managing and bossing at the same time as you're leading. So you have to be very strategic about that difference between telling somebody, asking somebody, or just showing them by your very being. And I think when, when I see owners spiraling up really nicely is when they begin to embody their own joy. They, mm -hmm. they, they begin to walk around joyfully and doing their work joyfully, as opposed to like tearing their hair out. And when they're doing it joyfully, the people around them see that and they're like, Oh, I want to, I want to be like her. 
you know, and they start to watch and they, and they want to emulate that. So I think we, we lead by example a lot, um, even on the negative side. So, um, it's super important to tap into, to where your joy is and whether it's your genius work or Mm self-care, you know, um, me going off to do this yoga thing. I mean, certainly wasn't easy. It took a lot, a lot of time. Um, but like the, I, it brings me so much joy. So even though I'm not here in the business doing it, I'm over there doing it. I come in joyful. Right. And as a coach that works directly with people in that capacity, you're translating the yoga philosophy onto essentially helping them grow their business. It seems to me from everything you said that it's almost like you're teaching them to embody their genius because by embodying it, they naturally then rearrange their lifescape garden business into something that they desired or envisioned, right? Absolutely. And they begin to, they, they, another great book, let go to grow. It's this, it's this, you know, we think we have to grip to grow, but you don't actually have to grip to grow. You have to let go to grow. And what I did early on was I was, I was like, I'm letting go. I'm letting go. I am, I am, I am. I'm letting go. But this hand still got a grip and this one's open. It's like, no, no, no. You got to let them both go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And one of the things I did in my business that that I felt really, really changed things was that I narrowed my niche. I really niched down. And <clears throat> the way I did it was so landscape companies, oftentimes they can get spread all over the place because they don't know anything about how to market and how to be really focused about their marketing. So they go to they go where the work is. So if I work for you and your friend lives four towns over and comes to your house and loves your landscape. You tell them about me. Now I'm going four towns over to work for them. And that's kind of how landscaping often will grow. And so poor landscapers end up driving all over the place all the time. And this was happening to me. And I said, I need to pull it in. I want to become hyper-local. I want to have a smaller carbon footprint. So I'm not a mechanic and I'm not going to run my, my trucks on donut grease. I don't know how to do that. So all I can think of is drive less, put fewer miles on my car uh, and trucks. And so I literally gave away hundreds of thousands of dollars of work over a three-year period in order to hyper-focus my company. And so now we have what's called a hyper-local model, and we keep it all very, very tight, and and our service model is tight. Any business can do that. It's we become so intentional about the people we want to serve and our genius. And we actually can completely let go of the ones that are too far, you know, that that bottom 20% or and we can let go and we don't let go in scarcity or fear. We instead instead let go knowing that we're literally making space intentionally saying, I need this client to come in. I need this solution to come in. I need this employee to come in. The universe, when you're clear, totally listens. I absolutely agree. The universe always listens. It's just, we are the ones who are not clear. We're broadcasting lots of opposite things thinking, why is it not happening? It's like, well, you're saying contradicting uh, messages to the universe. That's why it's The universe is confused. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And um, in translation to what you said to coaching, that would be, 
uh, I'm sure so many coaches experience where you start to be successful and people know you and your clients begin to refer to you. A lot of times when they refer, if you're not clear about what you're actually doing and what your niche is, they refer to some part of your offer that they enjoyed, which might not have been the main thing of what you're doing, but just something that happened to be in there to enhance the offer. So now whoever they bring as a referral, that if you take that person on, that person isn't interested in what you're actually delivering. They're interested in this one little aspect. So now you're over-customizing for a new person. And then again and again, and that creates kind of equivalent of driving your trucks all over the place instead of actually standing your ground in the niche that you meant to be in and picking the higher component of that niche. So I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's so much satisfaction when you get to work with your client because you can be in service to their transformation and that feels so good. But when you're at odds or opposition and there is that resistance, I mean, it's just so much work. It's more work than you need to do. So it's better to just say no, but we don't learn to say no. And so we do have to learn it in in the business realm. Yeah, and to kind of bring it back to the lifescaping that it's saying yes to life and to being open to it, which also includes handling the chaos, which is where some of the no's have to come through in order to get to larger yeses, right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I really do think that when we're looking at it through this lens of LifeScape, that organization healthy and wow factor, it becomes really easy. If I, if I, if I say yes to this, can I stay within my organizational flow, right? If I say yes to this, will I feel healthy or I feel stressed? If I say to this, does it add to sort of the, the wow and the flash and the yumminess of owning your own business? And if you can't say yes, you know, that it does all those things, it's probably a no. And learning to disappoint people without taking it on is your fault. Like you, you, you're just staying true to your business. Exactly. I still struggle with that. I still like, honestly, I just want to say that because it's not as though, and this is why we say tending, cultivating and navigating, because if you think about a really good ship captain you don't go out onto the ocean and expect the ocean to be predictable, right? You learn about how weather patterns work and how the ocean responds, how your ship responds. But a good captain knows how to navigate, which means they are going to be prepared for the unforeseen. They are always asking the question, what if? And not doing it in a fear-based way, but doing it in a preparatory way. And as business owners, we choose to be entrepreneurs every day. We have to choose it every day, just like a ship's captain will choose to go out on the ocean one more time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is uh, also a very important point that you don't have to do anything in your business. You get to do it. (laughs) So it's actually meant to be a continuation of a choice and a sequence of micro choosing. Yeah, micro choosing. (laughs) Bigger dream. (laughs) I love that. Micro choosing. (laughs) Yeah. Every time, micro choice, micro choice. And then out of that, you get this super big vision actually to materialize. And now you have your mission manifested. So yeah, this is so connected well to understanding reality from the way that my audience is looking to see it. And I think it's very beneficial what you're 
doing with connecting the dots for people through nature. That is a very interesting approach and unique. And I really like that lifescape concept. I think that <laughs> is just awesome. So um, if people want to know more about you and find out how you work, um, we know that um, all the information about uh, you are is in the show notes. So there's yep. tons of links and everything you can click and your life scapecoach.com that's the um lifescapecoach.com yep okay so what what do they find when they go there Tell them yeah about. so so the lifescape coach um there's i write a blog uh i write a business blog i've been writing it for quite a while so there's a lot of free content i am a huge believer in open source learning um and that you know generosity is just super important so i for any of your listeners who are also gardeners, I also write a garden blog, you know, so uh, on my other website, but, but I write these two blogs, one about gardening and one about, um, about business, about how to approach business. So lots about hiring, about, you know, recruiting and hiring and team building, um, making sure that we stay as owners visible to our employees. So don't hide in the office, go see your employees, have one-on-ones with them. So anyone who is in the process of beginning to build a team or they have a team and they're trying to refine or grow their team or train their team, the blog is really, really good. Um, I work mostly with trade organization or trade type of business. So when I say that, I mean makers, people who are in the service you know, and they really are making things in the world. Uh, though I do, as I told you, some nutritionists and yoga studios and things like that. But really, that's the place to go to understand my thought process um, about how to how to how to lifescape. <laughs> yeah, and the methodology of that, I'm sure that that would be really really useful for people. So, um, Monique, Monique Ellen, and life. Uh, com is the website. All the rest of the information is in the show notes. Go check her out. And thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom. And it was really, really cool connecting the dots. That's unusual. And I love it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Eugenia, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Conscious Coaches on a Mission. If you are a successful coach, mentor, or a healer who would like to be a guest on my podcast, please visit transcensiongate.com slash podcast. Are you the type of person who loves to help? If you got something out of this interview, I would love you to share this episode on the social media. Just take a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Would love for you to shout us out on Facebook and Instagram at Eugenia Oganova. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on the social media and let them know about the show. And please include the hashtag Conscious Coaches on a Mission. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. I'm regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and the guests. It means a lot. Want to know more? Go to my website, transcensiongate.com, to advance your consciousness and scale your business in a sustainable way using wealth energetics and soul design. And join my Facebook group called High Ticket Clients Energetics for Spiritual Coaches. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll see you next time.